Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the James Has an Opinion podcast, a podcast where I basically talk about anything I want to. Today is kind of a mix of things. I'm going to start by talking about my updates on studying foreign languages. Then we're going to go into a little bit of New England travel updates, news, whatever you want to call it. And then at the end, I'll talk about housewives because I know not everyone that listens loves housewives. So you can just stop listening when I start to talk about housewives. But I have some good stuff at the beginning for y'all that don't like housewives. Okay, so I want to start with an update on the languages I'm studying and my language learning routine. If you didn't listen to my last podcast about language learning, basically all I really said is I study Spanish, Portuguese, French, and a little bit of Italian. And my routine is basically I journal in my languages, I do Duolingo, and I watch television or clips in my target languages. And I basically been sticking to that routine pretty much. I've been I've gotten kind of lazy on the journaling, I'm not going to lie. But here are just some random updates that I've had in language learning. I want to get a Busu subscription. Basically, what I like about Busu is I haven't bought it yet, but I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about it. I'm going to get it tomorrow, I think. And what I like about this program, by the way, I believe it's B-U-S-U-U. I believe that's what it is. But if you search it and you just say like language learning, Google will correct you if I'm wrong. (laughs) So what Busu is, is it's like a language learning program, but I believe you can get language certificates on it. But my favorite thing about Busu that I like is it places you in the language level based on the European system. So if you're not familiar, the European system for languages, for all languages, it goes A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2. I believe after C2, it's kind of like you're fluent Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So that's what this program does. It places you in the European level, which is great because it's very standardized. In America, especially because we don't really learn languages as much here, there's no standard language learning levels. I know like specific high schools or specific universities have language learning levels, but there's not like an overall marker. For example, you know, Spanish two at one high school is completely different from Spanish two at another high school, or there are even different names. You know, some schools say intermediate, advanced, you know, even at different universities, a 300 level Spanish course is different at one university than a 300 level at another, you know, the whole thing. So it's nice. They use the European system, which is completely standardized. Update on Duolingo. They now have Italian stories. If you're not familiar with the stories feature on Duolingo, basically what it is, is there's, it's a story and it goes line by line. And I would say every, sometimes every other line, but it's usually every two to three lines, they ask you a question to make sure you're understanding. And this is the most useful tool on Duolingo. It's absolutely fantastic. it's the best tool, but you still have to keep doing the lessons. First thing, because the lessons are important. I mean, if you just jump into the story without doing any of the lessons, I think you'll be pretty confused unless you already have knowledge in the language. But also you need to have a certain amount of XP in your lessons to unlock stories. So you can't just do the stories, but the stories are great. And now they have Italian ones and I've started doing them and it's great. And just my personal update on Duolingo. I've been doing a lot of French on Duolingo, a lot of Portuguese, I just randomly started doing Spanish on Duolingo. I'm not going to lie. I do not. I love the French and Portuguese program on Duolingo. I do not love the Spanish program. I think it's because I learned, you know, I, I, I know Spanish very well. So I'll use a certain phrase that I know is right, but the program doesn't recognize it. So then they'll mark me as wrong and it's very frustrating. But, but for French and Portuguese, I love it. That might just be because 
I'm less knowledgeable about French and Portuguese. I don't know. Okay, so there's my Duolingo update. I've also been doing a little bit of Italian. Obviously, that's how I learned about the stories. Okay, that's my little Duolingo update. Now let's talk about television. As you know, I'm a huge fan of when you're learning a foreign language to watch clips, television, whatever it is. Even if you're a beginner, you can find something that you can kind of understand with the first 20 words that you learn. I promise you. There's probably something on YouTube. Anyways, for I'm going to talk about Spanish television that I've been watching for anyone that's learning Spanish. I've been watching La Reina del Flow. I've been watching this for a long time. It's a great telenovela. It involves um, the music industry, drug cartels, the CIA, being very, very wealthy. Like, it's so many topics. It's very interesting. I love it. Something I also watched on Netflix recently that I really, really liked. It was called, I think it was literally just called Guatemala. But I'm telling you, if you are interested in traveling to Guatemala or Guatemala in general, or just seeing a beautiful, beautiful country, you have to watch this. It is absolutely gorgeous. You see, you see everything in Guatemala. You see Guatemala City, Antigua. You see the really beautiful lake in Guatemala. I forget what it's called right now. And then you see the rainforest. It is absolutely stunning. It is one of the most beautiful documentaries I've ever seen. It's all in Spanish. It's not very difficult Spanish. So I feel like even if you're at an intermediate level, you'd be able to understand it with some subtitles. The most One of the most stunning documentaries I've ever seen. It's like breathtaking. It was, I loved it. It makes me want to go to Guatemala so bad. Please COVID and soon. And then the other show that I've been watching for Spanish is La Casa de las Flores, which I've been loving. It, it's it, the what I love about this show is I'm interested in the plot like it's a drama but it's also a comedy this show it's like I'm interested in the plot and I'm like oh my god what's happening and then I'm dying laughing the next scene it's like the perfect mix of drama and comedy I, it's honestly the best show to ever do that that I've seen at least I've never seen another show that was such a good mix it's such a good mix it's like 10 out of 10 recommend Oh my god, another update about language learning, and I forgot to write this down, but I have my book sitting right here. I finally figured out a way to get language learning books. I know I was struggling with this. If you listen to my last language learning podcast, I talked about how I'm having struggling finding reading books for reading comprehension. And I found a great website that I've been using. This isn't this website is not sponsoring me. I just love it. It's called Thrift Books, and on this website you can find a book about basically anything, and it's like a thrift store, so it's secondhand, so good for the environment, better than buying a book from Amazon, for sure, in terms of, you know, they're just a probably, I'm just going to assume any company is better than Amazon, and it's just... It's just great. I just bought this book that's um, literature of the Spanish-speaking Caribbean, and it's a whole textbook full of like poems and short stories from Puerto Rico, Cuba, Dominican Republic, all in Spanish. And I'm going to use this. So, and I've bought a bunch of other books in Portuguese. I've even I, I'm a reader in English too. So I've just bought some books from some of my favorite favorite authors, and it's very affordable. So that is Thrift Books. Ten out of ten recommend. Okay, so next I have a short New England travel update. So if many of you have been following me, you know, I was talking all summer about doing a travel, New England travel website. And I am the type of person where if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I hate people that talk about things that are never going to happen. Because unfortunately, I've just encountered so many people like that in my life where they'll talk about, oh, this trip we should go on or this thing I want to do. And you just know that it's never going to happen. And I'm like, why are you talking about this? It's a waste of air. So for this website, I kind of am being a hypocrite because I started writing this website and I spent hours on this website and I just didn't like how it turned out. 
And I'm not like abandoning it, but I'm abandoning it for the time being. I have to figure out a new platform to do this on. And I need to figure out a way to monetize off of it a little bit because right now I have it on a Google site. Like it's not published, but I'm designing it off of a Google site. And I just don't like how Google sites look. They're ugly. And also it's very hard for the Google sites to get it on to like the mainstream internet, unless you're literally giving someone the link to the website, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm just, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm taking a break from that. I'm breathing. If anyone was looking forward to that, I'm sorry. It will come eventually. Honestly, if you were super looking forward to it, you can DM me on Instagram or TikTok and I can, and I can um, tell, like, send you like what I've written for it. Cause I have a lot of information written. I just don't know what format to put it in. And I need to figure out a way that I can monetize off of it a little bit. Cause it's expensive to besides Google to actually use like a real website builder. So I'm kind of working on that in the background, but it's definitely like priority number 10, 11, or 12 right now. So I'm not super focused on it. Okay. So this summer, I have exciting news. Everyone from Maine is always saying, you have to come to Maine. You, you never go to Maine, blah, 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 blah. And I, I'm excited to you know, like, as, as annoying as those comments are, I actually really do want to go to Maine. Like I, I've been to Maine by the way, but I haven't been to a lot of Maine. So I'm super excited to finally see Maine. It doesn't have anything to do with people's nagging comments on TikTok. It's just a perk that I'm going to stop getting those comments when I go, but I'm super excited this summer. I'm definitely going to try to go to Maine. I'm just going to assume that it will be safe. Obviously if nothing changes and the COVID restrictions are still the same by the summer, please say they're not. But if they are, obviously I probably won't go, but I'm just assuming that I'll be better by the summer. I'm trying to be positive. So hopefully I'll go to Maine this summer. And then the other thing that I really want to do is go back to the Berkshires. I went to the Berkshires in September back when there was less restrictions and less cases. And I stayed in, um, where did I stay? I stayed in Lenox. I think I, yeah, Lenox and the Berkshires are just absolutely gorgeous. And I really want to go back and I want to go to Williamstown because that is where they have all the art museums and I didn't get to see that. So I really want to go back to the Berkshires and I'm going to go to Maine this summer. I'm sorry about the website. There is my New England travel update. So now is the time for everyone who hates the Real Housewives to stop listening. Even if you, or if you don't, I don't know. Some people that don't watch have told me that they still like listening to my recaps so, you know, as long as you like my Real Housewife recaps, you can listen now. So today, we're going to be talking about three franchises. I'm going to talk about Potomac, Atlanta, and Salt Lake City. So I'll start with Potomac. I'm going to go a little bit brief on Potomac because we had the Potomac finale so long ago now. It's been almost a week. And I feel like every other podcast has already covered it. So I'm just going to say my immediate thoughts. I kind of already said this on TikTok, but I'll go, I can go more in depth on here. Because TikTok, you can only talk for like 60 seconds or whatever it is. First thing, I am so happy for Robin. Thank God she, her and Juan finally got engaged for a second time. I was very happy for Robin. I'm also very happy for me, myself, and I because I'm so over this stupid storyline. I will say in this episode two, what kind of shocked me about this whole thing was why was Michael so sure that Robin wasn't going to propose? Again, I talked about this on TikTok and the consensus was that um, Michael Darby knew that Juan was cheating. But what confuses me is Michael Darby pretends to be Juan's best friend or claims to be one of Juan's closest friends. So why would you go on national television and expose him for being a cheater? I am so confused. I know the joke is that Michael Darby has a crush on Juan and that's why, and I think Michael Darby does have a little bit of a crush on Juan. Not sure if it's just like a little bromance or a literal crush and he is jealous of Robin. I don't know. Somewhere on that scale. Maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe very far to one side. I don't know. 
But that was weird to me. And then at the end with Michael Darby, like, harassing production, and Ashley seems so upset. This is what I'm going to say about that. It was great television. I was My eyes were glued to the screen. Honestly, that was even more interesting to watch than the fight between Monique and Candace. I was glued to the screen. Because I love when they break the fourth wall. That's my favorite thing on these Housewives shows that they've started doing in, really in the last, like, two years. Not even. Like, the first time I really remember it is when they did it on... um. New Jersey last season when they were like the producers like she's mad that the producers are going to put that in the show to Teresa and then we saw it on New York we saw it on Beverly Hills we've seen it on Potomac this season multiple times um there was that other Michael and Ashley scene and then the fight the fight between Monique and Candace so they've broken the fourth wall at least three times I can remember with Potomac this season and Atlanta, we're about to get into this. They broke the fourth wall in the first two seconds of the show, which I love. I love this fourth wall breaking. The only thing that I'm like about this whole Michael, the, the, that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say about Michael Darby. Well, no, they were breaking the fourth wall. So I like that they broke the fourth wall. However, Michael Darby is taking things too far. He's fighting production. He's fighting all these people. I really think it's gotten to a point. First thing, he allegedly assaulted one of the cameramen last season. Let's not forget that. And I believe it. Sorry. I think it is true. It's it's allegedly, but I personally believe that it's true. That's just my opinion. It's not a fact. That's just how I feel. And then we had this scene of him harassing the production. So I'm, I'm confused as to why he can remain on the show. I think... I I think if Bravo has some kind of standards, they should fire this guy. I think he's terrible, even though he's great television. You know, I like people that are great television, but it gets to a point where people are just too much and they're too much of a liability. As much as I love Danielle Staub, that's why she can never last on Jersey because she, she'll always end up getting physical or taking everything to a whole new level. And, you know, Michael Darby's that same way. He, you can't keep him on. He's too much of a liability. He's another... He, honestly, last season should have been when the, he got fired, but... Okay. There's my Michael Darby opinion. It was great television. But, come on. Let's get rid of this guy. It's too much. Um, my Another... Just my other... Oh my, I actually have more than this note. Um, I have things in my head. Let me say what I have in my head first so I don't forget it. Sure, I love that that, that Charisse has, is trying so desperately to get back on this show. <laughs> it's it's fantastic the fact that she showed up to this party by the way did you guys know that she showed up to the the baby i forget what it was called the party for wendy's daughter she was at that party and the production completely edited her edited her out of the whole party so i thought that was interesting choice so, so it's funny i think robin and giselle are very good friends with Charisse. I think they were, like, friendly and knew of each other before the show. Like, they clearly did. I don't think they were super close. I think on this this cast, I get the feeling that um, Robin, Sharice... Well, they told us. Robin, Sharice, Giselle, and Karen all knew each other before the show. I think they tried to paint it like they knew each other so well. I don't think they really did. I think they knew each other socially on, like, more of a surface level. And then no one had ever heard of Katie or Ashley. But I think once they, since they already kind of knew each other and then they did the show together, I think um, Robin, G Giselle, and Sharice got pretty close. So I think that Sharice and Robin want – I mean, Robin and Giselle want Sharice back on the show. And so Sharice goes to these events. Candace wants Sharice back on the show just because Candace hates Monique and Candace is not a good person. But um, so she she shows up at the party. And it's just funny. Sharice is just a funny character on this show to me. My favorite is how – 
if you notice, there was one scene where they were all on a couch. I don't exactly remember the context. It was right when Karen first came, I believe. They were all sitting on a couch and everyone at Cherie sat down and then all of the cast members except one person, I forget who it was, had sat down. But there was no space for that last cast member to sit on the couch. So Cherise goes, I need to go get a drink. And then the last cast member, whoever it was, I think it might have been Ashley, sits down and then I realized the production probably said, Sharice, get out of this scene. You're not a cast member on this show. And there's not enough seats for the full-time cast member to sit on the couch. <laughs> I really think that's what it was. Um, that could just be speculation, but I really think it was what it was. And I love how they made a whole scene out of Sharice saying, oh, I need to go get a drink. And then they showed her going to the bar. It was funny. I think Sharice is funny. I like how Sharice was throwing shade at Karen. I don't think she ends up at the reunion, but I would have loved it if Sharice got invited to the reunion. I hope I'm wrong, but it, I don't feel like she was. We even got the trailer. I didn't see her there. I don't know why they did, They wouldn't. I think that'd be such a good bombshell to just drop Sharice on everyone. The funny thing is, I feel like the audience, there are some people that are very much Team Candace, but I feel as if the majority of the audience is Team Monique. However, I also feel like most people from the audience like Sharice, so it makes me think... If Cherise showed up at the reunion, would all the Monique stands still stand Monique or would they turn to Cherise? I don't know. But anyways, oh, last thing I want to say about Potomac that I wrote down is Wendy's reaction to Robin and Juan getting married was so funny. I was dying. Of Wendy is funny. I'm not going to lie. I don't love, I don't dislike Wendy. A lot of people really hate her on Twitter and I don't get it. I, I like her, but I don't love her. I, I thought she should have maybe just been a friend this season and then they should have made her full time next year. Because, it, I don't know, she, did, she didn't feel so fully integrated into the cast yet. I think she would have been better as a friend. Just my opinion. But I, I like her. I'm excited to see her next season since she'll be more established in the group. Also, what's good about her, what she did that was smart, is she befriended Candace at the beginning. And then I was like, oh no, Wendy's going to be on an island with Candace. But then she ended up befriending Robin and Giselle. But she also has tension with Ashley and Karen. And kind of Monique, but she didn't really feel much with Monique. So she has a very good standing in this group. She has allies and she has enemies because that's the issue. I feel like a lot of newbies either come and really isolate themselves or they become friends with everyone. And both of those are horrible because either way you have bad standing on the show. Okay, so there's Potomac. Next, I want to talk about Atlanta. I loved the Atlanta first episode. What's it called? The premiere. I loved it. I actually read on Twitter. People were saying it's a boring premiere. There's no group scenes. So my expectations were kind of low. First thing, I didn't feel like we needed a group scene. I liked it. We were getting back in with everyone. Also, we, we basically kind of did have group scenes. It just wasn't everyone, everyone. And I really liked the intro. I loved seeing um, Portia protesting. It's so, you know, she, it's so great to see her out on the, on, on the front lines. Inspirational. I'm really happy Bravo included that. I am um, very sad for Kenya. I, it's, it's sad, you know, this whole situation with Mark. I feel horrible for her, you know. I don't really want to dwell on it because it's just, it's just sad. But I, I like watching it. I just I, Talking about it is just kind of depressing. Over, overall, yeah, I'm excited for the season. It doesn't really look like the best season to me, but I could be wrong. I'm, ex I'm happy that Nini's gone. So happy that Nini's gone. Honestly, I wasn't missing Nini at all during the season premiere. I literally forgot, and then I saw a few people tweeted, "Oh, I'm missing Nini." I do not. I, I do not miss Nini. What I will say is, I hope this newbie is kind of a hot, more hot headed, and stirs the pot. Because the issue with Nini, the one issue with Nini leaving this time is the only real pot stirrer left on that cast is Kenya. When Nini left the first time, 
Phaedra and Kenya were still on the show and they were both big pot stirrers. And at that time, Portia was a little bit more of a pot stirrer. Um, but now Portia really isn't. Candy and Cynthia never really have been. So I'm hoping this newbie is a pot stirrer. I hope we get a lot of Marlo because Marlo is really good at stirring the pot. And, you know, we know Kenya is. So if this newbie is good at stirring the pot and we get a decent amount of Marlowe, I think it'll be a good season. Let's just hope. I, I I saw a little bit of an introduction to the introduction, a preview. I'm, why am I talking so fancy? A preview to next week's episode. And it seems like there's a fight between the two newbies. One, There's one, I forget their names. There's one that's the new housewife. And then the other one's a new, um, f- a new friend of who is supposed to be a housewife. It's kind of like how Sutton was on Beverly Hills. So th- I think she's going to be in a lot of scenes because she was filming to be a housewife so she'll probably be even though she's a friend i bet she'll be in it more than even tanya well obviously tanya because she quits halfway through the season well marlo then marlo probably yeah then again then speaking of tanya tanya has officially quit the show that's what i heard and this honestly surprises me it makes me honestly the fact that she's quitting makes me think that she really did hook up with the stripper because why would you quit if it's just a made-up rumor and you know if your relationship is so strong with your um i believe it's they're either just boyfriend girlfriend or fiance i know they're not married but if her relationship is so strong with i'll just say her man then what then wouldn't he just like not believe it and know it's not true so i'm kind of confused like i actually liked tanya i i thought she was a very odd choice for the show but i think she works I think without Nini, though, maybe she won't work because she kind of did at the end of last season pit herself against the whole Candy, Cynthia, Kenya, Eva, who's also gone, but that whole clique. So I don't know what her standing would have been anyways. Who are her allies? I guess Portia and Marlo, but whatever. So Tanya quit. Kind of surprises me. What I'm going to say is if she if she doesn't show up to the reunion, I'm just going to assume the rumor is true. If she shows up, maybe, you know, Tanya seems like kind of quirky and like, I don't know. I like Tanya. I, that's not an insult. I'm just using quirk. I can't think of a better word. So I think if she shows up to the reunion, what I'm saying is I think if she shows up to the reunion, I may just believe that she was just over Kenya spreading lies about her because there was the whole cookie lady thing last year. But if she doesn't show up to the reunion either, I'm just going to assume that it's true. So Tanya, please show up. I am rooting for you. But yeah, overall, I mean, I'm not my, my expectations are not super high, but I am excited for the season. I will watch every episode and I'll try to watch most of them live. So lastly, let's talk about Salt Lake City. First thing, I'm loving Salt Lake City. My expectations were kind of high, but it's like completely exceeded my expectations. It's way better than I thought it would be. Honestly, it's so far one of the best housewife seasons in a long time. Honestly, up there with Potomac season four. So I'm absolutely loving it. I'll just start with some of the characters. I feel like this podcast is already really long, so I won't talk for too much longer. But we have Whitney, who I love Whitney. I think Whitney's my favorite. I like her storyline with her dad. I think that's a really important story to tell. So many people struggle with addiction to prescription drugs. So I think that's a really great story. Loving that. I really like Whitney. At first, I did not like Whitney, but I'm, I'm really into her. I like her. Then we have Mary and Jen, who, who are both, I just both put a question mark next to. It's like one episode, I'm like, Mary's the worst. She's so mean. And then the next episode, I'm like, Jen's the worst. Jen's so mean. It's just like a little ping pong ball. Uh, so, you know, 
Mary, the first episode made fun of Jen's aunt, then Jen overreacted, then Mary said some really horrible comments at this dinner last episode that are absolutely disgusting. So I I don't know. I don't, I want to lean towards Jen because the thing is, Jen is like obnoxious and aw- and seems like she seems like a very toxic friend from what has gone on on the show. But I think Jen can't help it. I think Jen has a good heart. Mary, I think, is probably a horrible person. First thing, she is very, very wealthy from what? From a church? Like, I don't know. I don't understand Mary. It's it's such a weird situation. I feel bad for her. It, it, the whole grandfather marriage thing is horrible. It's it's and it, it doesn't seem like something she really wanted to do. So, it's it's sad. Okay, so then let's talk about Brooks. I don't know how I feel about Brooks. Anyone else? I didn't like how he got so involved in the drama with the ladies on the show. We would have all loved Brooks if he just like stayed in in his lane and just like did his family scenes. But now everyone's like, oh, like I don't know. I was, I want to like Brooks. I I just I just don't. I I liked him the first episode. Now I'm over it. So I want to quickly touch on Lisa. Am I the only one? I'm just finding Lisa very fake and inauthentic. And I feel like she's trying to be the whole housewife that's like, I'm just like you. I drink Diet Coke and eat fast food. And I'm just, I don't know. It seems like she's trying so hard. And the whole thing, like, and she's she's that person that, like, never really listens to you and just says, oh, you're so great. Or I completely agree. Like, it just, she just comes off as very, very inauthentic. First thing, inauthentic in the way she's trying to portray herself to the audience, but also inauthentic in her friendships on the show. Not if it, Actually, her friendship with Meredith seems somewhat authentic, but all her other friendships seem inauthentic. Also, I'm really confused. Can someone answer this question for me? So she owns a tequila company. Does she drink? Because I thought she said Mormons don't drink. Or is she, or, or does she just not follow that rule? I'm, I'm confused. By the way, no judgment if she doesn't follow that rule. I used to be Catholic and I didn't follow half the rules. So no, no judgment. I'm just wondering. Because I thought, I don't know. To, to let me know. Does she drink or does she not drink and own a tequila company? Because that's confusing to me. But whatever. No judgment if she does, if she is Mormon and, and drinks. Like, I, I could care less. Like, you do you. I, I don't even have a religion. But that's just a question that I have. Next, Heather. Um, I really like Heather. I think she's great. A lot of people, I've heard mixed reviews. People either love her or, they're, or they think that she's watched too much Real Housewives and she's like trying to edit herself or something. I've heard something along those lines. And I haven't seen that. I, I, I can't really tell that she was a big Housewives fan. Jen, I can tell. Jen, it's very obvious. Honestly, Lisa, I wouldn't be surprised either because Lisa seems like she's trying to portray something of herself that isn't authentic. I don't see it in Heather. I like Heather. And I talked about Brooks, but I haven't talked about Meredith. And that's honestly because it's funny because Meredith has been in the middle of all these storylines. She had this beef with, with Jen and the whole thing with the husband. So she's involved in a lot of things, but I I haven't really seen a lot of her. I've seen a lot of situations that involve her. Does this make any sense to you? Like she's in the middle of this fight between Jen and Mary, but it's, I feel like she's not. It's kind of like how Cynthia is in this, was for many seasons in the middle of a fight between Nini and Kenya. Like Cynthia was needed for that storyline, but Cynthia didn't really add anything. She was just kind of the thing that they were fighting over. It's the same thing here. It feels like Mary and Jen are fighting over Meredith, but we're not getting much input from Meredith. So I don't know. I don't have much to say about Meredith. I I am happy she's on the show because she's clearly uh, causing some arguments, but I, I just don't know much about her.
Okay, so thank you for watching this episode of the James Has an Opinion podcast. Today we talked languages, New England travel, and housewives, so bunch of mix of things. Let me know if you like when I mix up and talk about multiple things, or should I stick to doing specific topics for each episode? And oh, cool thing that I'm going to start to try to do, not next week, but starting the week after next week, I'm going to try to figure out one day a week to do the podcast. So you guys can know exactly when I'm going to be posting my next episode. So I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening.